and a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. We want to start out today with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And normally we would read from the Amplified Classic Edition, and we are going to be doing that today for most of the scriptures that we will read. But there is going to be a couple that I'm going to read out of the King James Version to try and explain things from two different versions today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us would who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So today I wanted to discuss with you and to talk about the aspect of God's power that is wanting and desiring and seeking to work in us and flow through us to the fullest extent but yet we have a free will to decide when God's power is able to flow through us and be mighty in us. So again, it's one of those situations where we have a free will to decide when we are going to pray, when God's power flows. We have control of the tap, the water tap, the water faucet. When it goes on and when it goes off, and how fast the flow of the water is. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? So now, first of all, we have to believe. Second of all, we have to understand that there is a variable here, not just whether you believe or not, but also the word according is mentioned here in the King James Version of the verse, according to the working of his mighty power. This does not show us that his mighty power is at work 100%. There is a variable here with the word according to the working of his mighty power. So his mighty power is always wanting to work. But when you have the word according to, It is conditional. It is based on something else. It's according to the working of his mighty power. So when his mighty power is within us, wanting and desiring and seeking to work, and how do we know that? Because God's word doesn't return to him void. And we also know that the word of God is alive and active, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It's alive and active. But if the word of God is on the shelf and we've never read it, or we don't read it enough, or when we read it, we don't really stop to understand it or contemplate it or ponder it, then it's never really working in us. You might remember some scriptures, but what if you don't really know them? Remembering and reciting verses is not pondering and contemplating them, as Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 talks about. So there is this aspect of God's love for you, his desire for his will to be done in your life is immense. His desire for you to love him is immense. But these two things are blocked or controlled to the extent and according to our degree of wanting them to happen in us and through us. So in this verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 1, We need to understand that there is a control. Think of it as a dial on a radio. 
how loud your volume is. How much are we going to allow or believe in the working of God's mighty power in us to us who believe? Do we believe this verse is true? Because we can believe that the verse exists. We can believe this scripture exists in the Bible and we can accept that it's the truth. But then you have to go one step further and say, let me think about this and what God's trying to tell me. Let me see from a practical perspective, what do I need to do to really receive this verse for myself and know that this is possible within me, that the mighty working power of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is available in me as a believer, but I just need to allow God to work. I need to give him my heart. I need to give him myself so that he can work through what he's already purchased. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. The Bible says, so why would we limit God in what he wants to do through us when we don't even own ourselves? Now, we have a free will. Yes, you're absolutely right. We get to choose. But in obedience to Christ, really, if you think about it, Jesus died for us on the cross And the least we can do is be obedient to him and allow him to do his will, the Father's will, through us. Because even Jesus said, I came to do the will of him who sent me. And of course, Jesus is the exact representation of the nature of the Father. So the will is the same for both the Son and the Father. It is our will that could be different from the will of the Father, not allowing God's mighty power to work within us to the extent that he desires. We might be limiting our faith, our belief in the possibility that this could even happen within us. And if we doubt that God is able to work through us with his mighty power, healing us, flowing through us, being able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, then you will not see those things. You have to understand the nature and the will of the Lord. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 in the King James Version, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, these are two very powerful verses, as all of the scriptures are in the Word of God. But you have to see here that there's several conditions in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So the first thing is, are we in Christ? Have we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Have we given him our life? Do we believe that God raised him from the dead? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says we are saved if those things are true. We are in Christ. We are a new creation, the Bible says. The believer is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is in us. God is in us. The Godhead bodily is in Christ Jesus. So you could say, all right, I'm in Christ Jesus. But now I can be a believer and be intentionally walking, not after the spirit, but after the flesh. So if I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing, but yet I'm born again, which should not be possible, 
but it is because we have a free will that we should have already given over to the Lord for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven through us and not our own free will to decide that we should still be walking after the flesh and exhibiting no fruits of the Holy Spirit. So it's possible that we could become born again, but not be walking after the Spirit. So you've got two conditions for not having condemnation in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8 in the King James Version. But also see in verse 1 that it is possible to be walking after the flesh, but also deciding instead to walk after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So it's whatever you give your heart to, you become. It's whatever you focus on, you engage with. If you engage with the Lord, if you receive Him, if you seek Him, if you dwell with Him, if you talk to Him, if you pray to Him, if you worship Him, if you read His Word, if John chapter 15 talks about, and we talked about this recently, the branch. We are supposed to be the branch as believers, and Jesus is the vine, and the Father is the vine dresser, the husbandman. And we are supposed to be connected to Christ. We're supposed to be in Christ because without him we can do nothing. So we have to have this relationship with Jesus. It is a partnership. It's not just that he is our Lord and Savior, but there is a day-to-day relationship occurring between us and him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And when we have that connection, then we will find that the Lord is able to do mighty works in us to the degree that we believe he can. Because the Lord works by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we have to be in faith, understanding his nature by reading the word about him, and then understanding things like this verse that allows us to appreciate how great is his power. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 in the King James. And what is the exceeding greatness? It's not just great power. It's an exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So there is a great power that is God. It's him. It's his spirit because it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. It's by his spirit where the power is. And his Holy Spirit is supposed to be within us as believers, as new creations, And so we need to take hold of this fact and accept that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. The power of God is residing within us, wanting to flow. It is supposed to be the case that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters. With the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, with power, demonstrating the gospel with power, as the Apostle Paul says. So we have a role to play here, and we have to allow the Lord to flow in us and flow through us. And it is important that Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul again, in his letter to the Romans, he talks about for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When our mind understands the Bible, the verses in the Bible, and when we read about who we are as a new creation, and we talked about this on different programs before, your identity in Christ, your relationship in Christ and with Christ Jesus, the fact that God lives within you, that God's will is to flow through you. God's will is to flow to the person in front of you, 
for you to love the person in front of you unconditionally, to lay hands on them so they, they can be healed. And you say, well, they don't want me to touch them because of what's going on in the world right now. They might think they might catch something. Okay, you can speak over a distance. You can pray over a distance of three feet or 300 miles or 10,000 miles. According to your faith, be it unto you. But God's power still wants to flow from you. And it's according to your faith that will dictate how much of God's power, the working power, his mighty power, according to your faith, how much of his power will be released. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, And if the Spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Now, you may know, unfortunately, a situation where There is a Christian in your life who is not well. They're sick. Okay? That shouldn't be the case. Because if they are a believer, then they should be well. And I say that because if they confess Jesus as Lord, if they know Romans chapter 8 verse 11, in which it says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. If that person knows this verse and they truly believe it, you should find that they never get sick. Because it is not on God's end. It is on our end if we believe what God has already paid for and what his word says is true. So if the spirit of the Lord dwells in you, and if you are a believer, then God has come to reside in you. The Godhead bodily, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's no part of God that's outside of you if you are a believer. If you are a follower of Christ, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord and continue to confess him, if you have this relationship, it's not about legalism and saying one thing three times an hour, you know in your heart whether you have a relationship with Christ or not. It's not what your mind says about it, it's what your heart says about it. If the person knows that this verse is true, then you should not find that they are sick, because they will accept that they have this mighty working power within them that is the Lord, and the Lord's power is constantly trying to fulfill its purpose. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, or some versions say by me. Jesus is dwelling within us as believers. His Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, and so is the Father. Jesus is the life. That means there's life inside of you. That's why there is all this power available to us according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Power doesn't come down from heaven into us. It is within us already, and all we have to do is believe that it's there and allow God to do His will. Allow that power, allow that healing resurrection power to go from within you, deep inside of you, with with your spirit connected to the Holy Spirit. Allow that power into your flesh. 
Just allow it out into your bones, tendons, ligaments, joints, muscles, your brain, your body. And you say, well, how is it that it's not currently in my body healing me? It is because between your spirit and God's power doing something, your mind is in the way. Your soul is in the middle. Your soul is in the middle. That's why the Apostle Paul, like we said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, says that you have to be transformed to be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove God's will. You cannot prove God's will unless you understand his nature and read the word of God and believe it's true and act it and be it. God's power is within you and your soul is in between God's power and you getting healed or between you and the person in front of you getting healed from whatsoever they have. Your soul is between God's power, which is his will is to release his power through you because Jesus told his disciples and he told his disciples to tell everybody else what he taught them that they need to go and lay hands on the sick so that they shall recover, that they need to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, Freely you have received, freely give, Jesus told them. We are supposed to speak in unknown tongues. All these things are signs to those who don't believe. But what's between us and seeing a person healed is our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. That's why we have to read the word, believe what it says, and then God's power is able to flow through us and out of us. So if you get to understand and truly accept Romans chapter 8, verse 11, just as an example, then you will be immediately healed. It says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It's very plain and easy to understand what this verse is saying, especially in the Amplified Classic Edition. So we need to understand where are we in our relationship with Christ and where are we in our faith, in our belief? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 in the Amplified Classic, it says, Examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves not Christ. Do you not yourselves realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are counterfeits disapproved on trial and rejected? That's quite something the, the Apostle Paul there is writing to the Corinthians. So we need to test ourselves, check ourselves. We're not waiting for God to examine us. That will come on judgment day when he judges us based on what he has given us to do. So we are supposed to be bearing good fruit. To bear fruit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to have a desire to be just like the nature of Christ. We are supposed to love people with the love of Christ and the love which is God. And so we need to allow the Lord and his Holy Spirit to flow in every good way possible through us, but we have to know that he wants to do that and that we have to believe and accept that he loves the person in front of you or on the end of the phone so much. You don't have to beg God to use you. God is wanting us to allow him to flow through us. 
But remember, we have a free will. He just wants us to make our mind up and decide and commit to him to allow him to flow through us. He has paid a precious price for us to be redeemed. But we are not supposed to just stay here, breathe for a little bit, and then go to heaven. We are supposed to continue to spread the gospel because someone told us about Jesus. So why are we holding it to ourselves? Let's allow not just the good news to be spoken, but also to be demonstrated with power. The Spirit of the Lord and the power that dwells in you is not just to heal you, it's to be demonstrated to others so that they can be healed, that they can be set free, that you can cast out demons with the power of the Holy Spirit. You must demonstrate the working, the mighty works as they are being worked in you and worked in the person in front of you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, and this is actually explaining the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper and forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. So these are fruits of the Spirit, and we should be illustrating those. We should be flowing in the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is continuing to try to do a work in us, growing us up. But he also uses the fivefold ministry to equip us to understand who we are in Christ and what we need to be doing. And also the importance, the primary importance of having a relationship with Jesus himself, dwelling in him, abiding in him and his word, and being used of the Lord, allowing the Lord to use us. And it's such a joyful occasion. And it shouldn't be just an occasion, it should be every moment. But it's such a joyful occasion and event when we see someone set free after we pray for them, after we share the love of Christ with them, and they break down in tears. You know the Lord has touched them. It wasn't our own words that we were using. It was the Holy Spirit giving you the words in the hour that they were needed for that individual. But it's such a joyful thing being used of the Lord, and we should allow the Lord to do it. Yes, he can use you. If he can use me, he can use you. Just allow him. Know that your heavenly Father has a deep desire and a deep love for his creation. And so does his son, Jesus. So does the Holy Spirit. You have the whole of heaven backing you up in what you need to do on this earth under the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ and decreeing and declaring things according to the name of Jesus, because that's the name that's above all names. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, and this is the Amplified Classic Edition. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Verse 18, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints his set-apart ones, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, 
as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. If we look back here at verse 19, we again see, and this is the Amplify Classic Edition version now, which is slightly different from the King James, but it does talk about this immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. So this power is in us and it's for us who believe. So we have to accept, settle it. It's true. The word of God is true. Believe that this power of God is within us. Our spirit is one spirit with the Lord. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit become connected as we give our life to Christ and God comes to live within us. But his mighty power, his immeasurable, you can't measure God's power. It's unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The best example of his power raising his son from the dead. That power is in you today as a believer. The question is, have you released it? Have you released it by faith? Have you unlocked that box, so to speak, by faith, allowing God's power to flow through you and within you, to heal you and to heal others, to receive peace, when things are coming against you. This power, there is nothing lacking in God's power. There's nothing lacking in life, in Jesus. And he says, I am the life, the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing is lacking. You have everything you need if you have Christ. Because even the Godhead bodily is in Christ Jesus. And Christ came to live in you, to dwell with you, and to abide. But yet, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus... Is he truly dwelling and abiding in you? Because if you're not abiding in him, how can you expect him to abide in you? If your branch is not connected to his vine, then his vine won't be connected to your branch. It sounds simple. It is simple. But we have to accept that this is the truth. So we need to stay connected to the vine, stay connected to Jesus. Then we will be able to understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and subheartless greatness of his power in and for us who believe. And we then need to use that power to demonstrate the gospel to others, to lay hands on the sick and see the power of God in them, heal them instantly, or even over a period of hours, days, weeks, or months. Jesus said that they shall recover when we lay hands on them. We shall do the same works and greater, Jesus said, than even him. Because now we have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told the centurion that he had great faith. And it was that great faith that healed his servant that was over a distance. So we are able to speak over a distance too. We are able to believe by faith because there is no distance in the spirit. There is distance in the natural. But someone in another country 
based on your faith, can be healed because Jesus' stripes have already paid for them to be healed. All right, if you'd like us to pray for you, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151. You can also reach us on our website, and you can submit the prayer request there. And that's tog.world. Touchofgod.world. Reach us there. We'd love to hear from you, pray with you, pray for you. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.